Yeah, let's do it. All right, everybody. So we are back for episode number 34 of the Irish Iron Podcast. So with the podcast, I'm kind of doing these now once every month. I'm kind of just keeping it, uh, spacing them out a bit more. Like I think I've very much underestimated how much, you know, stepping into running a gym would take it out of me. So I was like, you know, I'm going to keep these to once a month where it's a bit more, you know, fun and enjoyable. I'm not putting them out for the sake of putting them out. But that being said, my next guest is none other than James Melville. Um, how are we doing, James? We're good. Uh, another busy day. So good yeah. to get chatting to you. Deadly, deadly. Well, for everyone listening, James is a very well-accomplished natural bodybuilding competitor from Northern Ireland. And he has gone on, you know, he's done a wide variety of shows. So, like, I mean, kind of what was your, you know, what would you say your favorite, out of all the shows you've done and competed in? Um, I have a few questions because I know a lot of natural bodybuilders and a lot of them don't want to kind of step into the, you know, at the time it was the UK BFF up there, wasn't it? Kind of run, running the main thing. And like you, you stepped into it and you did quite well. Um, and like you won your class, you won, you, you, you got to represent. And like, I've always had a good amount of respect for guys like yourself who kind of realize like, you know, a good physique kind of speaks for itself. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, drug fueled. It doesn't have to be, you know, led down that path and, you don't necessarily have to, to look like a really good bodybuilder. So, like, what was your kind of crowning achievement so far, would you say, in terms of the shows that all, all you've done? Okay. Um, I'd say, uh, I think probably the, the, the first British title that I won for the BMBM, which was 2018. Um, but the, the, the two ones that really stand out to me is the first show in, in 2014, and that was the UK BFF uh, Classic Bodybuilding. And then 2018 BMBF, that really stood out. because That was a, a really tough year all round. And um, so to be able to actually make it to the stage and sort of fulfill uh, a bit of a promise, what, you know, it was a good achievement and a nice way to sort of uh, conclude that year. It was a, an ass kicker that year. So uh, my father, he had passed away in um, the January of that year, uh, you know, through bad circumstances. And as much as he wasn't really a bodybuilding fan, um, he was always interested. He's like, what are you doing with them? That show, what are you doing with them shows this year? And I'd say, oh, I'm going to win the British title. So he passed away and long story short, was able to go and do it. So tech, it was a great, uh, great accomplishment. And uh, a lot of effort went into that year. Yeah, I always found like, like growing up, like, like I, I imagine like, was your family like mine? And it's like, my, my, there's no sporty background in my family. So I remember like, when I told them when I was like 15, I said, it was 15, I was like, I'm going to be a bodybuilder. They were like, yeah, that's not going to happen. We don't necessarily want that to happen because they didn't know what it was. They kind of thought I'd look like uh, a freak, you know? Uh, what, what, yeah. what was your kind of like what was your family's like introduction into bodybuilding because mine grew to kind of appreciate the effort 
they may not understand yeah. like what it, it, it is but like my dad and mom have been to like shows and with yourself as you said you like my dad passed away but before that he was saying like you know did he were, were they supportive of you james like coming off and everything into the shows um they didn't really get it my, my, i would say that my family uh was quite reasonably strict um and some of it was quite you know quite pretty so for me to, to go you know on the stage in a pair of budgie smugglers and um do this thing on stage it was alien you know they didn't get it and then on top of that i don't think there's any mother that really wants to see their son walking in his face all sunk in he doesn't look well they don't understand that that's part of the process and uh so that no they, they weren't they weren't behind it at all and um, whenever obviously i went and won um the first show and my mom actually asked me for a, a print she wanted a photo for the mantelpiece which blew me away um, and to be honest now, she's she's been a massive supporter. She she's loved it, and um, she came to. I won the um, the overall title in Northern Ireland in 2017, and that was the first time that she had been out. And my mum, she she always suffered with mental health, so she hadn't left the house in like 15 years. And this was one of the first times she came out, and you know it was a big thing for her just to be there. Um, and obviously then to be able to go and uh, win the overall with her screaming like mad in the audience was a really uh, crowning moment, man, you know. Uh, and that's what, you know, like we'll, we'll talk about that as this goes on, I'm sure. But bodybuilding's given me some amazing memories and uh, experiences, much like yourself, I'm sure. Of course, man. So, like, yeah, talking bodybuilding, like, oh, growing up in Northern Ireland, like, what was your first exposure uh, to bodybuilding like for me like down here um it's weird it's like dublin was kind of like i suppose there was like two centers of bodybuilding at the time i mean there was dublin on the on the east coast and then you had like galway and you had limerick on the other side and like we kind i kind of knew like just because of the shows were always held there i always saw posters up in my gym for the shows but in terms of actual meeting bodybuilders and stuff like that, there was far and few in between where I grew up. So I kind of like, but I know up, up your way, like it's a lot more, you know, there's a big scene up there. So like, I'm interested to know like what your first exposure was to the whole scene. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I started sort of, um, I worked for a supplement company uh, at the time. And I would have worked a lot of the sort of the trade stand for them at a lot of the shows. Okay. So like you know, me and you discussed this before. I'm a bodybuilding fan, period. You know, it's nothing to do with natural or assisted. Um, we'll probably delve into that a little bit, I think, as well. But you know, I wanted to work at the shows. I just wanted to be around the, the atmosphere and the energy that was associated with that from the spectators right through to the the athletes and, and whatever else and, and I just loved it loved the whole energy um, and then so I was probably I started going to the shows probably in 2008 okay. and it always I'd said from 2004 that I would compete someday um, it was 10 years after that before I walked on stage I just sort of was like oh, I need to do this now because I think I'm just talking about it and it's never actually going to come to fruition so 
Um, you know, and just being around it, obviously it's intimidating because I'm not the biggest guy uh, and obviously being natural as well. I, I think that obviously there is a size, generally a size differential. If all things are equal in terms of genetic potential, if somebody's assisted, they're, they're going to be bigger than me on stage and, and that's it. So I kind of, you have to play to your strengths and it's going to be, for me, it was going to be conditioning and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I just, I just love it. From 2012, I'd said he went to her first Olympia. So I'd said to my missus, um, she wasn't even in the training. At the time, I said, I'm, I'm going to, I, I surprised her with a trip to Vegas, but she didn't know that the real motivation was to go to the Olympia. So we went across and we'd been together a couple of years. We're sitting in the audience, we're watching Kai Green and Phil Heath do battle. Yeah. And Phil Heath was just, it was incredible, just how, like 3D. Um, and she had turned to me and says, whenever we, uh, go home will you you know coach me and teach me how to lift weights and then she's falling in love with it and she is a rocket she's a wee powerhouse uh, don't know many people male or female that could uh, train at her level you know what I mean so she pushes me quite a lot um, and obviously she competes um, within the BMBF as well as a figure athlete so that's pretty much the start of the, the love of bodybuilding yeah, no, like going going to the Mr. Olympia has always been something I'd love to do, or go to like maybe the Arnold Classic. I think for me, like the Arnold seems like the show to go to, like um, just. But the days of the Expo seem to be kind of disappearing. Like, may I don't think going forward there's going to be as big a buzz going to all those kind of shows. But then again, you don't know because after COVID, I think people are just going to want to go and see all these things anyway. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. the Olympia next year will be absolutely, um, even this year, could be nuts. I mean, uh, the lineup's pretty good. I mean, like, um, I'd be interested to see where, certain, like, James Holland's head falls and, uh, you know, you're just trying to think. Like, Kai Green looks really good now as well. But, like, I mean... He always says he's coming back. I mean, looking looking for the Olympia, like, I mean, would you follow the Open and, like, all the other classes, or would you kind of have your favourites, like, uh, when watching yeah. those kind of shows? I, I love the, the Open 2-1-2s and the Classic. I just think that in all those divisions, I think at the minute, are, you know, the quality is there right through. I love the 2-1-2s, just, you know, that those guys come in peeled, because a lot of them obviously are trying to come down to meet that 2-1-2 cutoff, and you know, they're maybe walk, they're maybe co competition ready at two twenty five. They're coming in like raisins, and like one of my uh, one of my favorite bodybuilders is uh, Eduardo Correa, Brazilian. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think it was so. We went to the Mr. Olympia 2012, 2013, and twenty fourteen. Twenty fifteen, then we went to the Arnold Classic in Columbus, Ohio. So we like we we followed bodybuilding like all around, like obviously America and Europe stuff like that went to all the expos and stuff too. I think from a show standpoint, the Olympia is better. Um, just just the, the platform and the, and the staging and stuff. I think the expo though at the Arnold just blows the expo at the Olympia out of the water. So yeah, there's... there's the confidence. Like they've all like strongman and everything there as well. Like it's not... Oh, yeah. so. It's like 50,000 people going through there each day. You know, that's insane. Whenever you cut track, like you're standing in the queue going... We're going to be here a while, you know. Uh, and Big Arnie, he's just walking around with the crew, you know, about 30 security around him and stuff. It is, it's really alien, you know, but it's actually, it's, it is kind of nice to see more people. And I think over in America, there's people that aren't in shape. 
I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but they're, they're not, they don't look like bodybuilders, but they're mad bodybuilding fans. You know, whereas I think most of, really the only bodybuilding fans over here are people who are bodybuilders or retired bodybuilders or have family members who are bodybuilders. You know, it's not like a sport that you just like sort of going to sit in the sofa, not train and go, oh, I want to follow that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like, so I, met, I went off on the tangent there. I remember um, Eduardo Correa came out and he didn't get first call out the two one twos against Flex. And I was like, as soon as he walked out, I went, oh man, he looks amazing. He was inside out. And the, obviously the Brazilians were there in their numbers and the place went nuts, like booing. And the next thing they moved him into the first call out. And he, he ended up placing second that year. I think it was 20, might've been 2014. And he just looked amazing. And I actually, as much as I love James Flex Lewis, I, I thought Eduardo had him beat. Um, he turned it back as boots were just like 3D peeled there wasn't anything on him he was full how he presented himself on stage I just thought was flawless you know and, and I actually got to meet him and stuff backstage and I, I'm not I don't really get starstruck too often like but he was such a nice guy I was like this boss amazing loved it yeah who was who's the first uh, pro bodybuilder you met um actually so we've met quite a lot, obviously, uh, in terms of getting talking to them, like maybe at the expo or whatever else. But the best story I have actually was we were going to the Arnold Classic in 2015. Um, we had to fly into uh, Newark. And from there, then you were flying out to Columbus. So she goes into the shop. We're getting like a um, – she's going in to get a sandwich and a bottle of water. And I see – there's no bodybuilders. Like there's, we're getting it just a, a small flight. It's one of those wee small planes, and I see the back of this guy's head down the uh, down the airport, and I was like, going, that looks like Big Ramy's head." And I, I kind of laughed myself, and it'd be funny if that was Big Ramy. So I kind of turned away, and when whenever I turned around, this thing was walking towards me, and it was Big Ramy, and he is obviously the size. He, he was an animal. He was off season as well. He was there, I think, whatever supplement company was endorsed by at that time. He was going to work at the trade stand or whatever else, right? Meet the fans. So I got talking to him the whole time. He sat with us in the airport in the waiting room 30 minutes before we were getting, and we were obviously getting on the same flight. So he sat and he, he dished on some of the other bodybuilders, um, what his opinion, and these were bodybuilders that were still competing. Yeah. Um, mentioning people like Branch Warren and his opinion on like different physiques and who should be retired and who, you know what I mean? So, uh, lovely guy, but uh, like his, his, his English was actually okay, you know, like pretty good at the time. I believe it's better now. And then whenever he got onto the plane, it was one of these small uh, propeller planes, and they had to move two guys from one side of the plane to the other so they could distribute the weight whenever he got on. The whole the plane just burst it, erupted into laughter because obviously these other people were not bodybuilding fans. They just see this guy, and, you know, fill the whole plane. So that, that was a pretty cool experience, meeting the big man. And we, we talked, we had a wee bit of banter back and forth because I says, what do you think is the best gym in the world? And we've been forced enough to train in Bear Francis gym on numerous occasions. And he was obviously at that time, oh, it's O2, so our oxygen gym. Um, and I says, I know, but there's no history. And for me as a bodybuilding fan and passionate about it, you can't, whenever you're in Bear Francis, you feel something. Mm. And although like, the equipment and stuff in, like you know oxygen is undeniable I don't think you would have that same feeling 
No, I mean, that, that actually goes into another great topic, man, because, I mean, you own your own gym. So, I mean, like, what, like, what I felt like now with the gym culture, like, it's definitely, I remember growing up, and I used to get trains, and I used to get the buses out to all these different gyms in different counties across the country, like bodybuilding gyms, you know? I mean, I used to go up to Drada, I went up north, I've been up to Galway, I've been to Limerick various times, you know, uh, and then the various ones in Dublin. But in nowadays, like it is harder and harder to find gyms that kind of specialize in bodybuilding, but you kind of created a niche for yourself at your gym. So, I mean, what kind of motivated you to set up a gym and what's the story behind the compound room? Yeah, okay, take it back to... Uh... 2007. Um, I was all, I, I've been, been an active coach. So whenever people say, oh, I'm, oh, I'm a coach of 20 years experience and they, they trained their sister and their cousin for three years. I was at like an active coach from 2002. So coming up to 19 years working in the industry. And um, so I was working in the, in the council actually for 10 years as a fit, you know, fitness instructor, personal trainer, etc. Um, and there was just no love in it, you know what I mean? You, you can't, you couldn't run the gym how you wanted to, obviously. Um, they don't want bodybuilders in leisure centers, you know, so they limit the amount of weight that they have, and you know, no grunting actually signs up, no, no grunting, and it, it just creates an awkwardness, I think. Like, having to go up to say, you know, say to say to somebody here, uh, could you, you know, quieten down a wee bit there, grunt a little bit lighter, or whatever, but so. 2007, I'm training in a, in a garage. Uh, I lived in Crumlin, and one of my friends uh, at the time, we were training me and two other guys. One of the friends says, if you owned a gym, what would you call it? And at the time, all we had was squat rack, barbell. And on the barbell, we even, this is true, it was like unbreakable. If you've ever seen the film Bruce Willis bench, bench pressing, well, we had tins of paint hanging off because we didn't have enough weight plates filled with water and, you know, it was just insane. Um, so my, my friend, um, Kieran, he says, if you owned a gym, what would you call it? And I, I never really thought about the name, but I just said it out, you know, the compound room. And the name obviously stuck. And from there then, from 2009, I started to acquire uh, fitness equipment, gym equipment. And then once I had, I sort of decided once I had enough, I would open up a gym. And that process took me seven years. So I was buying equipment, putting it into storage. And then I went into storage and I went, I think I'm enough to open here now. Because I didn't want any debt. So it was just being patient, really. And then we pulled the plug. Um, the, the place, the council where I was working, it was just getting worse and worse, harder to work there. And I was like, it's time to go. So 2016, we opened up the first unit. Um, and we, we were there for four years. We, and then we moved into the bigger unit last year. So it's uh, it's been a process in terms of the, the niche. Well, we tried to do that sort of. Well, we do the calisthenics. We have that side of it. We have a lot of powerlifters that compete there. You know, we're all like IPF bars and road plates and, and all those things, the platforms, competitions, back benches and stuff. Um, but me being a bodybuilder, you know, I want to make sure that all the machines that we have are like, you know. The biomechanics is very good. You know, you get that feeling whenever you're on it. That yeah, this and you, you kind of know whenever a bodybuilder selected the equipment. You know, it's like yeah, that feels right. 
Um, and so we have a lot of bodybuilders, you know, primarily natural. Um, there is there is some uh, assisted there, with, you know, and like I would train with some of those guys because unsurprisingly they're strong. But I find that obviously highly motivating. Me trying to sort of hang on to them like a Jack Russell. So um, yeah, we're, that's where we, we're at now. We're still intent to expand over the next sort of three years again. So that's the projection, and we have the steel beams in so we can add another couple of thousand square feet like over a weekend we could get that done if we when we decide that the time is right that's awesome man and i suppose like would you would you have like a team of athletes now like for all the shows and stuff like that uh, or, or or how would you kind of do it like uh or, like would the gym be like for competitors and like have you have you found like that's uh like, like what I'm trying to get at is like when I went to the UK, I remember there was teams of athletes and it was pretty cool because like over in the Irish shows, you look around, you have coaches, you have coaches with athletes, but you don't necessarily have gyms with athletes. So I remember going over there and you had teams of athletes and then you had kind of coaches that were associated with the gym. So like, how do you do it? Like, is your coaching uh, and gym, like with the competitions, uh, that your athletes do be associated with your gym or would it be more so your coach? Definitely the gym. Yeah. yeah. Definitely the gym. Um, I've never actually really promoted myself as a coach. Okay. Um, enough that I haven't had to, which is a, obviously a good place to good place to be. But um, it's, it's all always been about promoting the compound room. Um, and yeah, we have a team. So actually today, we, had, we, we hold posing clubs for the, the natural bodybuilders and we put them on for free. So we have guys from all around Ireland, from like Cork to uh, Derry, Londonderry, you know, all over the place that come down. We don't charge them in. They can train in the facility for free for the day where there's a Q&A at the end of the, like people just, you know, and all that information's free. You know, if it's like we tips to do with their nutrition or for us to scan the eye over them, do you think I'll be ready, et cetera. So we actually had a posing club today um, and two of my guys are competing in six weeks in Birmingham, the BMBF Midlands show. So they're looking really, really good. So today they got awarded their personalized company room athlete t-shirts. So we get them obviously with the initials and stuff on, um, athlete at the company room on the back, etc. And obviously it's black, the black and gold uh, team colors. Um, and then we're traveling over obviously with them that weekend stuff. So it'll be like full support. Um, look, we are massively fortunate with the members that we have for example me going to the, the british finals in 2018 we had a squad of over 20 from the gym came to support across the liverpool the echo arena the best venue in the uk and you stand on stage and we we did them all the ones that traveled over we gave them free uh, green and white t-shirts the northern like green and white army northern ireland compound t-shirts and they blew the roof off the place. Um, so I'm backstage getting uh, my urine sample taken. And the drug tester, he says, um, had to, we had to get security for some of your guys from the gym. And I went, why, what happened? He says, whenever you won the British title, they tried to storm the stage. Which, that, for me, I went, you know, that just sums up what we have there. Yeah. We have got, you know, everybody's very supportive. We, a lot of times we have people like 
there's been shows, like the British finals in 2018, we, I obviously competed and I had seven other athletes at that show competing as well. Um, and we were all suited and booted. You know, we had our, our team kit and stuff on and we arrived as a unit um, and f- four of them placed top in the top five, the British, you know, which, and then so five including myself, which was just fantastic. So actually we had the, the most, I think, out of one gym that placed top five at that show at the British in the UK. Amazing. So we're, we're doing something right, I think. Yeah, I mean, how like, 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 obviously, as a competitive bodybuilder, like, how have you found um, coaching athletes as being while prepping at the same time? Like, because I, 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 that's kind of part of the reason I stepped away from coaching was because, um, I actually did find it a lot harder to focus on my own training and stuff like that. So I always commend people who can do both. So, like, how yeah. did you find that affected you? Um, it probably, it probably helped me, okay. I think, um, it's just about balancing the workload, you know, but it's, it's like salmon swimming upstream. It doesn't seem as much effort whenever you're doing it together, you know, and, um, like I'm feeding off a lot of, you know, they're going to have off days. I'm going to have off days and stuff like that, but we're, we're all responsible for, you know, if, if you're having a great day, you're responsible for dragging the, the, the corpses behind you, you know, you're trying to pull them on and that's going to come back to you as well. So I found it to be very effective. Obviously it's stressful get a little bit, getting clients ready. Yeah. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Cause they're all coming in at different, particularly whenever it's like new clients that you haven't worked with before and you're really trying to work out, you know, how quickly the body's going to respond. Um, but whenever it's in the last couple of weeks and all of them are sitting pretty much ready and there's a contentness comes over you, you're like, this is great. I'm happy that you know we're all here, and it's just for them to be part of that whole experience. I didn't find it really that difficult. What I did do though to offset the sort of work fatigue was I just dropped some of my sort of domestic clients back, and just focused then on coaching the the competitors. You know, as we got pretty much into the last sort of five six weeks, so I just I decreased the amount of overall um, coaching volume that I was doing. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like I I found like. The main problem with myself was probably um, I was prepping people at the same time I was prepping, but they just didn't want it as much. Uh, maybe it was a case of they didn't. It was kind of first time preps, whereas it was it was my fifth show or something at this point. So I was kind of you know knee deep in. So um, it just I, it kind of annoyed me a bit when they didn't want to suffer like I was suffering. Like that's what I felt. Like so I was kind of. It kind of bummed me out a little bit, you know, but they weren't willing to go as far. And well, I'm not even saying suffering in terms of like crazy calorie drops or anything. It was just getting the body fat. Once it got, once I got to the point of, you know, getting into the single digits, um, they kind of faltered a bit, and that kind of bummed me out, you know. So like, it's it's pretty cool to see that your athletes obviously, you know, divide well off of each other because you know. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, like, even down here, there's a lot of coaches who would be coaching people. And, uh, you know, I've never really worked with the coach. So it's like if you, bar one person, you know, on and off. But, I mean, with yourself, James, have you always kind of done it yourself? Or did you kind of have a few mentors coming up 
that you kind of gained some knowledge from or how did you kind of learn how to do it? Yeah. Um, no, I, I've always prepped myself. Okay. And the, well, the first, the first show, as I said, I'd worked, I'd worked for a supplement company and I'd sent through my photos to him uh, the December, so December 2013. Mm-hmm. And what, what do you think? And it was kind of, my photos were almost laughed at by this guy. And he says, don't be competing. You're too small. So I went through that prep and didn't tell anybody. Okay. And I, I was actually meant to be, he wanted me to work that, uh, the trade stand at the show. Um, that weekend, and I says, no, I'm competing. So he, he, I told him on the Wednesday before the show. Um, just went through the whole prep, and literally it was, it was. I just pushed myself as hard as I could. I, I am self-critical by nature anyway, so I was like, I'm, I'm going just to, to get on stage for the experience so I can tick the box. You know, I didn't expect to actually fall in love with it, but obviously I went there and... Um, I suppose while we're on the subject, you know, I was backstage and, you know, a lot of people that don't really understand bodybuilding think that these people are um, extroverts and like outgoing and, you know, they're, and the majority of bodybuilders aren't like that. Do you know what I mean? They, so I'm backstage and I'm literally having a panic attack because I was, me and another, a good friend of mine, Owen Young, um, were the two smallest in stature. Um, so there was no height. It was classic, and we were all on stage. I can't remember, it was 15 or 16, I think, in the class. Um, and I was backstage, sitting in the corner, wearing this baggy T-shirt, and one of the guys comes walking up to me, big guy, he was up pumping in the middle of the room. And I'm sitting there, full-on panic attack. But on the surface, I'm calm and ready, in the words of Eminem here. And he walks up and he says, uh, do you know something we don't? So to him, he thought I was sitting there like with an arrogance or like a, you know, and I was like, no. And then Stephen Greer's missus comes walking back and says, right, you're on stage in three minutes. And I got up, did a couple of sets of push-ups, set of dips, and uh, then stripped strip down. And somehow I made it onto the stage. And it was pretty much a blur, the whole process. And somehow was able to win that, that show, which was just, it was massively unexpected, not just by me, but everybody. And obviously, the only... My missus obviously knew that it was prepping and she was in the audience and I didn't want to let her down. Um, but ultimately it was conditioning. And to be honest, I didn't know. And I'd love to know who this guy is. I was, uh, we're going through, it was like second call, first call outs and all this stuff. It was like second round. And then all I hear is this guy from the audience shout out, number 46, if you haven't won, I've lost a tenner. And I'm like, on stage going and like look down and it's my number and I'm like going are you serious like I'm actually in this yeah and you see me on stage my demeanor um just completely changed you know because this guy had got nothing to earn by saying this to me or, you know he didn't know me and I was like wow okay let's go let's push it and you know got obviously through to the top three top three got their poses pose routine done and then uh somehow got that got the win got the w yeah. and that was it no, that I turned from one show now till i think i've counted 14 shows yeah. since 2014. was the first show you did was that you gave me a back show yeah 
Okay, so you hopped straight into you hopped straight knee deep into it like I did then, which is pretty important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Because, you know, before that time that there was no like I didn't even know the natural the, the truth is I didn't know natural bodybuilding federations existed. There was nothing in Northern Ireland. So me working the shows, I knew about NABA. I'm not gonna compete in NABA. Um Classic bodybuilding went okay. Height to weight ratio, you know, I mightn't look too bad in there. So it was for me, it was a no brainer. I was like, right, I'll, you know, that's the show that I need to do, and didn't expect it to do anything. And uh, obviously, then went to the British finals, and then even more surprisingly, placed third at, at British and UK, and it potentially was the only natural guy on stage. Yeah, that's which. I mean, I don't think people realize, like, I mean, like, going into these shows, especially if you're a smaller guy, like, it's it's pretty intimidating. I mean, like, I remember going and, because as a junior, there's no height. Like, it's obviously just age. So, it's like, I remember going over to the UK um, to compete in the juniors. And uh, I actually, I always tell people this, like, Ryan Crowley was in the same show. And everyone knows Ryan now because he tore his peck. And I just tell people, yeah, I bet Ryan Crowley. Like, I remember, like, yeah, I just remember I, like, laughing at that because he was pretty much, like, he was sick. Like, all those guys were in the same show. Uh, like, there was, like, big, big dudes. Like, they were six foot, massive. And, you know, the quality won the show at the end of the day. I mean, the guy who won was smaller. He was he was some South African dude. Uh, the guy came second, uh, was peeled, some Polish guy, and then like the other, like the guys who bet me then, it was just conditioning, you know? So I think like yeah. going into these shows, like, I mean, uh, people don't, like, people lay people who don't know bodybuilding, like they always think like, oh, look at that guy, like he's looking really big in clothes, uh, he, must, he must be in shape, but doesn't really matter, does it? It's like when you when you're on stage, you can look completely different to what you what you appear normally, and that'll play in your favor. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the the whole process with um, I don't know how, how you feel in the, the the latter stages of prep, coming closer to the show. You just you. I'm so small. I actually weighed in lighter in 2020 than I did in 2014. Yeah, you know. How's that work? That's, you know, you've got six years, seven, like, you know, almost seven years difference and somehow 1.2 kilo lighter. Um, but I look bigger. It's just being, it's just mastering the condition and the combination of that with the fullness. And you're either lucky, if you get it in the first attempt, you're either extremely lucky or a genius. But it takes trial and error just to get that combination right. Um, and obviously, then being able to compete last year and stuff, I weighed in at 10 stone and half a pound. Okay. So 140 pounds. And that's like that's five foot six and a half. You know, it's it's small whenever you think about that as a as a mass. But lucky enough, it's not always size that wins. Yeah, I mean, I tell people this, if you have, if you are in good condition, like if you're peeled, like I've never been peeled, but I've always been told if you've been peeled, 
you'll be you'll be in the first call out. Like if you're in the same standard of show as the other guys, like you'll get a first look. Yeah, you're in shape. And then it just comes down to like, you know, what do the judges want? I mean, do they want somebody who has all that like bubbly muscle, or do they want somebody who has just, you know, grainy conditioning with shape? Like it really just comes down to preference at the end of the day. That's the thing with bodybuilding, you know. So you can only control yourself. And like, I think it's been a fortunate time for yourself. Now you you pick good shows. Like you obviously know, like. Would classic be something you would ever pursue, like in the in the in the um, in the new NPC qualifiers now, or do you kind of are you gonna kind of stick to you know the BMBF stuff going forward, or like like what's your future plans? Like do you do you, you want to branch out a bit more and test your feet? Or um, well, last year the the intention was to use the UK BFF as a warm-up show okay, cool. for the British. That, that, I can't remember what happened. The, the show got moved. I think it, the Belfast show might have cancelled. So that, that kind of obviously pull, you know, put a spanner in the works. And then I heard actually that Two Bros Pro were doing their first natural event. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're doing, a, they're doing like a big uh, Ben Weaver natural show or something like that. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So like... But the, the just the, the way that it worked out last year, the shows were getting cancelled left, right, and centre, and obviously you're you're going deeper and deeper in the prep. And it was actually my missus. She says uh, you need to maybe jump into another show here in case the BMBF for some reason they can't make it happen. You don't want to waste the prep. So I jumped into the two bros uh, pro. In my opinion, I didn't feel ready. Not not to the standard that I'd set before, but it was like I'll jump on anyway and and and. A one, but there's there was two. There was me and one other guy, so it doesn't count. Um, and I was I was more happy with my stage performance. You know, I thought that the posing was pretty good, and you know, so I was able to at least take extract some positives from it. Yeah. But it gives you uh, it, it gives you like a, a, a moment of clarity, like whenever you can sort of reflect on like what was my condition, how was my performance, and and it is it should be a primer for the main show that you're trying to focus on. So moving forward next year. I've already qualified for the British for the BMBF because of winning it um, last year. So that'll probably be next September, I would imagine. And I possibly will jump into a show before that. It could be UK BFF for a warm up. And I could probably either jump into the under 70 kilo or um, or classic, depending on how I feel I'm looking. Yeah. I mean, like going, like, like the one thing I've always like kind of you know, with the natural guys, like, and I think, like, you know, it's something the enhanced guys should do, is you guys are tend to be in shape, uh, like, two or three weeks out, like, you don't really do any crazy, like, there's not nothing crazy you guys do, um, like, in those final weeks, like, all the good naturals I know, they might do a little just, you know, some natural stuff, like, I don't know, like, a bit of your inbind, or uh, like I'm just trying to think like dandelion root and vitamin C but like I mean apart from that like they, they're just peeled like if they're in shape they're in shape like uh, with yourself like th what did you find was the key like in terms of not the key but like would you have just dieted for longer would it have been like a longer diet and then you kind of just hold condition yeah, um, yeah to, to be honest I, I, I say to my guys I want you 
looking ready five weeks out. Okay. I want I want you looking ready five weeks out because looking ready and there's always a little bit more. Um, and I, I try and say to the people like you know you, you're trying to set a standard for yourself each year and you know if there's improvements to be made then that standard needs to be beat. You know we want to be able to progress in like a linear fashion. You know year after year. Um, so you, you're using the, those shows as markers. So whenever, like my guys that are competing in six weeks, they're knocking on the door of being stage ready. Mm. And I, the, the, intent, the intention with that actually is, as we get closer to the show, if they're in a good position, I can start. They don't need to deplete, carb deplete, increasing insulin sensitivity and, and all these methods. I find like particularly with natural bodybuilding that um, limiting the amount of variables as, as much as possible is always going to pay off. You know, like they, they use different sort of um, percentages and stuff like saying like a good peak week can improve your physique by 5%, but a bad one could ruin it by 30. You know, and again, it is this risk versus reward. In terms of like water loading, we I only elevate water in alignment with the carbohydrate intake just to help sort of in relation to metabolism. Um, and it, you know, if the, the bottom line is, if you're not conditioned, you will never look dry no matter what you do in natural bodybuilding. It's as simple as that. You can't blame peak week for how you look on stage. You know, if you look good a week out, don't deplete. You look good, don't deplete. You're, you know, you're, it's too risky. Keep doing what you're doing. And I, I'm hoping that my guys aren't going to be able to start putting their carbs up a little bit as they come into those last couple of weeks. And bear in mind that um, one of my guys, he's still consuming over 2,600 uh, calories per day. Uh, we have him, like, his, his cardio is literally a step count. It's like 8,000 steps per day average. And just his, his training program, that's really, that's the only thing that we want to use. Uh, his carbs is averaging between 300 and 380 grams per day. You know, which is which is fairly healthy for a natural bodybuilder and this condition is just improving at, at, at a proper rate. Yeah, how much so if it, if it, just for, like, for people listening, like how much would he be weighing at this point, do you think? He's uh, sitting at 86.7 kilo as of this morning. So and we so we actually had a, uh, a pre-comp carb load yesterday. So I just wanted to play about with it. So I smashed his carbs up quite high yesterday and he came into the posing club today. That was the intention, so I could see him in the flesh to see how his body reacted just with the sort of higher caloric intake um, and obviously the higher sort of carb and glycogen. Um, looked fantastic. As soon as he started posing, he just you've just seen the body come to life. So, you know, that's and it was the same actually with Anthony as well. So two really good guys are that are going to represent in six weeks. I'm expecting big things from them and they're probably going to watch this. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, brilliant stuff. Like, I always feel like you know, a lot of people get confused as well. Like, I mean, if you're in shape, um, and then like, like as he said, like trying to peak or pull water or post, like, like it's it's crazy because if you're in shape and you're flat, you then look like you're out of shape, even though you can be peeled. Like, if you're flat, you can look really watery, even though it's not water; it's just loose skin, you know. And then yeah. Um, like, I mean, I've been both, like, I've been watery, like, like, I'm not going to lie, like, I've peaked some crazy, I've done a few things to just try them, because, 
You just want to see if certain things work or not. And at this point, I know like well enough what does and what doesn't. But at the time, like I remember like being told all these myths, and it was like you have to stop drinking water like 24 hours out from a show. So I went to a sauna. Uh, I was working in the kitchen when I was a junior. So I, I remember I was doing chef work. I went to a sauna the morning, the day before, cut water for about, I think it was like 24, 30 hours or something. And look, I looked okay. Like, don't get me wrong. I, 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 it was quite funny, but it worked for me. Like I, it, I did my cutting water. But like for, for naturals and, and, and like other people, I always say like, don't do stupid stuff like I tend to do because it will fuck you up on the day. Like, I mean, have you had guys come to you where they've tried to carve up or done any crazy peaking muck protocols? Or have you ever tried anything like that? Like just with like water or the carbs or the salt or anything and it's just not worse? Yeah. Um, no, I, I de definitely in the first, the first couple of shows I did, I felt like 2014 somehow it paid off. You know, so all these like variables, like you're throwing everything up in the air and just hoping that you catch it, you know. And um, I think there was a lot of luck with that, that I did walk on stage. I looked, you know, my condition was good. So did the peak week improve my condition? I don't know. It might have actually dropped it down a little bit, I think, um, just slightly softer. I, I, I felt like I looked flatter at the start of the week, obviously, because I had carb depleted. But uh, I think in terms of condition, the muscles still look really good. Whereas whenever I started playing with water and I went up to like 10 litres of water a day um, for the last like couple of days, it was just ridiculous. And you, that's not comfortable. You don't feel good. Um, I did it for one show. I did it for one show and I just felt like uh, I didn't do a good thing. I'll never do it again. No. no. I, I don't, like, it's, it's the same with, with my guys. I'm like going, if, you know, it's a female, male, in that respect, it's the same just get them ready a week two weeks make sure that they're sitting yep pretty good and just gradually increase and then day to day you're just making the modifications whenever people are still waiting for peak week to look good you're too late yeah do you know what i mean go do a later show you've mistimed it your condition isn't ready and peak week isn't going to fix it and, you know, that's probably the biggest critique that I can give. Whenever I get messages from guys asking, what's the secret to getting into condition? And I'm like, there's no secret. It's literally time and awareness. You know, I'm not ready. i got to keep pushing. Um, I'm getting ready. Knowing when to back off a little bit. You know, what, what, in terms of like homeostasis and the balance of hormones and everything, we are getting affected the leaner we get. And you can feel it there is a, like a downgrading yeah. and there's no point trying to hurt yourself more you know just make sure that you've left a, enough time there should never be anything drastic done and like acutely it should just be a nice steady progressive either decline of calories or slight increase in expenditure just to try and incur that sort of fat loss mm -hmm. um and align yourself if it's 28 weeks i prepped last year for 34 weeks okay. um and that that paid off I found the prep actually pretty easy. Um, so that, that's probably the best advice that I can give. It's just always leave more time than you think that you need because you don't know what potholes you're going to hit on that process. You know, you, you could be ill, you could, you know, suffer a strain, a tear, you know, all these little setbacks. 
And if you're already just about going to make that destination at that time, you're probably going to panic your way through into that show and do stupid things. So be like, if you go to, I'm going to start with prep on the third week in March, start it in February. You know, just put that date on the calendar and align yourself with enough time to make that as easy as possible. Yeah. I mean, I tell people this all the time, the first few weeks of prep, it's not really prep. It's kind of just getting accumulated to what everything is and your structure and the foods and the routine again. But like, uh, so I always say, if you're doing a 16 week prep, you know, I mean, plan, plan 20, just, just in case, you yeah. know, shit hits the fan. I mean, yeah. like with myself, um, it's a weird one with myself. I've always kind of, I've given myself time, but, um, I mean, and it has played my favor because like I've done multiple shows every year. So it's like, it's always kind of like, if you mess, make a mess for one show, you can kind of try, uh, you know, not make a mess for another show, but you know, especially if you're just doing one show a year, like giving yourself that time and making sure you're ready, like it definitely, it definitely plays into your favor. So like with yourself though, like how did you know that you were ready? Like, how did you know to stop pushing once you got into that condition? Like, was there any signs like with your body, just like tiredness or performance, like in the gym or kind of what was your, um, like go to kind of back off? Literally it's just, it is like observation and kind of knowing what is the standard conditioning that, you know, I'm holding myself accountable to. Yeah. You know, I, the, the problem you say to somebody, whenever you, if you hit condition on stage and you're obviously going back to that same federation the next year, anything less than that standard, even if it's still very good, right? Even if it's still very good, but it's just not quite, you're getting marked down. You know, a judge is going to go, he looked better last year. He was fuller. He was, you know, he popped more. Striation was better, whatever it is. Um, so I think that's probably one of the main things. Yeah. You know, um just whenever the glutes are in you got to get them glutes in right so whenever they're in it's like right okay let's let's slow this process down start getting the calories back up a little bit you know and this is what, what i was discussing this today with a few of the guys um at the posing club and saying you know what one of the guys says oh, I, I lost weight last week and james has put my calories up and then yes you're still in a deficit you know, that's why you're losing weight. It's not like there's something magic happening here. But what we're trying to do is close that gap between deficit and maintenance. You know, if you're already there, we want to try and bring that back up. It might be a couple of days that you're going in a slight surplus. Yeah. You know, and we just want to try and create like really good high levels of metabolic function, make you feel as good and as energetic as you're coming into that stage instead of like dragging your dead carcass onto that, that stage, you know, and it's all about trying to enjoy the experience. Yeah. I mean, like a fresh physique will look better on stage anyway. Like I've always felt like my best looks were, you know, it's usually like I'd be quite relaxed anyway. Like, I mean, I would be, I mean, a really chilled or I'm having like a social anxiety attack with these kind of things. So I remember it's like at the shows, like I'll either be completely relaxed or just not. And the problem is like, if you're not relaxed, like, it's hard to be relaxed when you're not totally in shape. And that's what I always tell people. If you're in shape, yeah. you're going to be relaxed. I mean, there's not really anything you want, you, you need to be doing. 
apart from getting that tan right and you know just those last minute things but i mean have you ever had any show experiences where you know um like as you said you didn't expect to win your first show but like have you yep. ever had any other experiences where you thought like okay like you're gonna win and you didn't win like because i've definitely had a few adults you know um like yes. not necessarily, James, because like if any, like I'm not talking like, you know, you know, you know, no, I'm not talking like favoritism or anything like that. I'm more so just mean like, has there been any shows where you thought you were like definitely the front runner and then somebody just came out and just won it, you know, you didn't expect or something like that? Probably the closest thing to that would be again, so in 2018. I'd won the British and then I got, obviously, you, you qualify then for the World Championships, um, which was in Miami. Yeah. Um, so I got my, the, my BNBF uh, British team sweatshirt, which was a pretty cool moment. I love seeing that coming in. It was like a kid on Christmas morning and went across. I, I left everything in that prep. Now, that, bear in mind, that was like another five weeks after the British. Um, and my condition was a bit better. I do think it was a wee bit flatter potentially I couldn't carb I couldn't fill up I was eating my carb load that week was 1400 grams of carbs per day on the last two days and I still somehow there was a flatness to the physique and I just think it's because I was so lean for so long yeah. because I'd done I'd done the Birmingham show as a qualifier and then eight weeks from the Birmingham to the British so I've conditioned for those eight weeks and then another five weeks to the world's and I'm like literally inside out. And a good friend of mine, uh, Tom Pointer, who um, he had placed, I think, second in the middleweights of the British. And I, I obviously won the lightweights. And we went across and like Tom's, Tom's fullers, like roundness to his arms and stuff like that. But, you know, it ended up a split decision between the two of us. Apparently it was like one point in it. So like I had that feeling backstage, you know, I was like, you know, this is, I feel it's mine. And it wasn't like an arrogance thing at all. You just, it was like, I knew what work I'd put in. And obviously me and Tom are quite close and we've got a lot closer since then as well, you know, and have a lot of respect for him as a, as a guy and an athlete. And um, to be honest, it could have went either way, but I had it in my heart. I felt it. I was like going, yeah, I think that I've got this. And obviously, as I said, 2018 was a hard year. I was like, that would have just been, the cherry on top kind of thing. And I just, that one point hurt. Uh, that took me a few days to get over. Yeah. It's a like killer. It's a killer. Yeah. I, I remember, man, I mean, like, I've never been peeled, peeled. So, like, I've never had that opportunity to walk into a show and kind of close the door on it. So, it's always been, every show I've been, it's either been top three, or you know, I'm not placing. So it's like it's 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 really funny. It's like um when I'm top three, it's always the case of oh you you, you would have won if you appealed, so or or like you know, and I get it, you know, I totally one hundred percent get it. So I've been in that position probably I think five or six times where I've been like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna place second this time at least. Like I'm gonna beat that guy over there. And then I, I look on stage at the pictures and I'm just like, just wasn't there. You know, I, I this, I've never disagreed with any of the placings, to be honest, um, because I can see it, you know. But like, I mean, like considering like 
you know, it's really hard, I can imagine, to kind of, when you are in shape and you don't win, like, I mean, I've never been in that position. Like, I've always had that, yeah, I've never been in that position just because I've never been in shape, shape. I've always been close. But, like, yeah. Have you ever been beaten by somebody like not like obviously with the natural bodybuilding? It's it's definitely a condition game, but like, have you ever had a client or anyone you know you know like for me, it's always hard when somebody isn't as conditioned and they bet me, which has happened before. Like I've been out conditioned before, out not conditioned. I think it's just preference for the physique as a whole. But you know, it just doesn't go against the drum. Like, have you ever been in that position where you come across somebody who, you know, they place better, but it's not because of condition, it's because of I don't know, over, overall pleasing physique. I mean, like, I mean, there's no no question about it. I mean, there's some physiques that you just go, what the fuck? And you kind of have to place them. I mean, have you ever seen that happen on stage, like with any of your clients? Or yourself, where it's kind of being like that, being bet, but it's just being, you just don't see why, you know? So, so that uh, what you're asking is they haven't placed? Yeah, no, so it's like, like, I mean, like, if you're like, obviously, you know yourself, like, when you're in condition and you yeah. get bet and somebody's bet you and they're in better condition or they just overall, it's a better package and you can kind of see like why they've won. So there's no, there's no, uh, but have you ever been in that position where yourself or a client has lost the show and it's obviously clear to see that they should have won the show is what I'm kind of getting at. Like, has I ever been in a position in yourself? Um, or not not really. Show, but one, not one really. class or something, you know what I mean? Man? Yeah, not really in the BMBF. I, I, I think... I think the most part, the the judging has been, you know, really fair for the most part. Yeah, we can actually walk away a little bit hard and stuff because we've all invested time, effort, you know, to remain disciplined for a long period of time. A lot of people can't do this, you know, and particularly get to that level of conditioning. So it is hard. Um, And I, I always say to my clients, I want you to prep and train and wake up every morning like you're going to win this show. And I'd prefer you to have that mindset and, and suffer the hurt of losing yeah. than the kind of decide. For me, that's a better better half than going through that prep, never truly believing it for a second that you can do it. I think if you can get somebody hungry and, and have a, a little bit more belief that they're going to perform better in the gym. They're going to, uh, their adherence is going to be a lot better. You know, they're really going to listen to everything that you do, every instruction that you give every modification of their nutrition, you know, and it, it's, I work with some fantastic athletes and, and I, I love it. That's what keeps me passionate about this. Um, probably what, like what I'll, I'll say from another side. And so I'll say I competed in the UK BFF 2014, 2015, um, won the Northern Ireland both times. Uh, obviously top three in the Brits in 2014, didn't place in 2015. And then 2016, the BMBF was coming over to, to Northern Ireland for the first time. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, that'll be, that'll be cool. I'll jump into that. So I went and um, won the lightweights and loved it. It was a great experience. The stage was fantastic, the way that BMBF do their stage. And it's just so impressive. And you feel good on that stage, you know, which is probably obviously the most important thing. Um, now, 
I, I am really hard on myself in this whole in the whole process, and I pushed myself to get to the British, and it was in Perth, Scotland that year, and uh, people got into my head a little bit. They were like going, like, "Mate, you're you're winning in UK BFF. You're going to go across here and smash these natties. You know, it's no problem. You're coming home, British champ. First, first, first go." And you try not to, to take that in, but there, obviously there is a subconscious element to that. And you're like, well, there is maybe, yeah, this maybe is going to be easy. Well, I went across and I went backstage in our category, the, the lightweights. And just one by one, they were stripping off. And my heart just sank lower and lower and lower. And there's one guy and, and you know, we're, we're good friends. I've ended up meeting him in Nottingham afterwards for training sessions you know and there's a real sort of community i think within the natural bodybuilding uh in particular i feel and it was you know but marcus lee you call him he's turned pro now um turned pro in 2019 but he was backstage um i've never seen somebody so thickly danced muscle i was like there's no way this is possible how can this be natural and Literally, I was a I was a wee boy beside a couple of these guys. Like, and like, I, they were my weight. They were lightweights. It wasn't like the classic bodybuilding where we're different heights and fourteen half stone and ten stone and all that stuff. No, these are all like under set 69, 70 kilo guys. And uh, it just blew me away. And I walked away. Actually, so they only placed top five on the day, yeah. but um, the top six get scored. So there's like 15 in the category. So I didn't know that day where I'd placed, which hurt even more. I was like, I don't know if I'm close. And then the next day they put the results up in the top six of the place. The my wee name was just scraping in there at the bottom, number six. And I took it. I was like going, right, okay, this is a platform here for me to, you know, I was humbled and, and I needed it to happen. Yeah. Uh, but that created like a hunger. And I, you know, and the, the thing with the BNBF, and this is the, I, lo I love it. Some people don't really like it, but, they do the judges table at the end of the show. They take the time, they record it, it's all done right, and it's uploaded for everybody to see, and they critique your physique. So it came to me, says James looked really good from the front, but from the back he's really weak looking. You know, there's no there's no muscle in his no density in his back, weak through the hamstrings, all these things. And I was like, couldn't believe it, you know, how there was a, a lot of negatives to take from it. But that was, it gave me a really good direction. And then the next year coming back, they did. They said, you can see the obvious improvement in his back. He's taken the critique and he's worked with it, but he's still not there yet. I went then placed fourth at the British that year. And then that's whenever I was like going, I wasn't being unrealistic then coming in 2018 and saying, I can I can move up here, you know, in that top spot. If I, if I just keep pushing, turning the screw and doing what I need to do. And I did, like I definitely did from the posterior chain um, I just I focus more on just trying to maintain my the, the front and develop the back and it's it kind of well it obviously paid off but that, that that experience just to see the the quality and what's actually possible from a natural standpoint there is some really genetically blessed guys and I don't think that I'm as genetically blessed as a lot of the guys that are winning British titles but I, I'm coming in conditioned and I year by year I am improving so all those you do get marked and it falls well within the judges' psyche as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, going forward, I mean, who do you think, like, oh, for any listeners, I mean, like, I mean, there, 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 there's definitely a few 
I think natural bodybuilding is definitely finding its feet now with social media. I mean, you definitely have some breakout people who are kind of backing up their their, their placings with, you know, a bit of personality. Because the thing is, with enhanced bodybuilders, they're always going to have that kind of just pre-show aspect. You're going to be drawn to them because of their physique. With the naturals, I've always found, like, AJ Morris has always been somebody I've had good interactions with. I've, I've met him a few once. Uh, like I remember just watching his training and everything and just just like a lot of enhanced guys I know follow naturals now I mean like it's it's pretty cool to see um, and I think it's more out of respect for like even though you're not necessarily as muscular or anything it's not it's not that you're not as muscular because the condition's the same the you know the shape and posing is the same the training's the same the food's the same it's just not as big, but I almost prefer the lines and the crispness of the physiques that are bought. There's no scar tissue. There's no like lumps and bumps that shouldn't be there. Like it's always really nice to see a good clean physique. So it's always cool to see when somebody with the physique puts it out there. I mean, like who are the natural guys that you would follow and would kind of, you know, I'd say give them a plug, you know? Yeah. Um <laughs> Probably my, my first interaction with uh, Rob Waterhouse. Obviously, yeah, he turned FBB yeah. pro. Yeah. Get that. So, obviously, Rob turning um, pro as a natural bodybuilder was a big thing, you know, for uh, just amongst the natural bodybuilding community. Um, and it, this is something that people need to consider because I've heard this being said quite a lot. There, like, natural, bo- natural bodybuilding is dead. This is what I, like, so many people have said these words, right? Natural bodybuilding is dead. Um, name me a uh, like a celebrity or maybe a natural bodybuilder that you know. The reason why a lot of the top pros don't really come out and broadcast them being natural is because they get constantly slated for fake natty status. And, you know, there's only so much you can take of that whenever you're going through prep. And so I think a lot of them just, you know, you look, you look at the some of the top guys like Dave K, um, you know, holds so much muscle tissue these guys aren't like, you know, they're not mad, like pushing out a lot of stuff on social media, um, YouTube channels and stuff like that. You know, they're, they're under the radar. They do their prep behind closed doors and they turn up stage with the goods and that's it. But I think it's that like the, the criticism that we are subjected to, you know, if you have any kind of standards, like you're not natural and it's kind of stripped off you without um, any respect, I think. But I think now, as you say, you have people like AJ and uh, Kaifi, as well, uh, I competed against you know uh, at, at the Br- British there. Um, he won the overall and turned pro, won the pro division his first go as well. Young guy, twenty three years of age, um, trains like an animal. The guy's like deadlifting three thirty, natty. Um, it's it's phenomenal just to watch you know how how he trains. I think the, the content and the standard of the content that AJ is obviously producing is fantastic, and it's good to see. It's putting a wee bit more of a light, I think, on natural bodybuilding as a whole. And, and and from there, then, obviously, more people are actually coming out of the woodwork and want to compete because it's being exposed a little bit more. Um, and I think that that's what natural bodybuilding is really needed. And we need more of that, to be honest. Yeah. Keep it positive. I tell people this all the time, James. Like, I tell people if I knew that the... The NBFI, I'm pretty sure, like the NBFI did their first show in 2013. I didn't know. I didn't know it even existed. Like, I think I was like 
pretty much on that precipice of will I or won't I like cross the dark side? And I ended up crossing the dark side because, you know, there was no exposure in Ireland for natural bodybuilding. It was, but nowadays it's great. You know, you have like, you know, that crossover element now. You can go abroad and do all the natural shows like you have the Worlds. You have like, as I said, even the IFBB are kind of promoting their own natural like, I mean, I'll give one thing. I mean, the team universe, that's, you're tested on the day, so I'm not quite sure how legit it is, but, I mean, it's an effort. I mean, and then you have, like, the Ben Weeder show, which, you know, that was done last year. Um, And then all they need to do, like, I think at this point, like, you have certain guys who were natural. I mean, Keon Pearson, I mean, he was natural up until he wasn't. And, like, people say... He wasn't, but I tell people this to a trained eye. He was just extremely genetically gifted. And now you tell he's on the juice because he's so much looks accelerated. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- I actually, I kind of skipped on a wee bit, you know, in terms of um, sort of like Rob Waterhouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rob Waterhouse. He, he would come over, he would train with me, you know, in the compound room and stuff whenever he's over. His Mrs. Claire, lo- um, lovely woman, she's uh, she's from over here. Um, so, like, watching Ross, uh, Rob's progress over the over the years has been fantastic. And the interaction I had with him, I just wanted to say this because I, I, I obviously sidetracked her a wee bit. But 2016, at the first BMBF show, when we'd done the pre-judging, and me and a few friends had walked up to the, the hotel. You know, I was like, we're going to get, you know, bite to eat and stuff back at the hotel. And Rob had come up to the hotel. He had seen me leaving and came up and, and sought me out and spoke to me. And it was all like, there was a lot of positive, you know what I mean? And I was like, this is a this is one of the pros. Um, one of the judges taking his t- went out of his way to come and communicate with me. Uh, like, and I, I appreciate that. And I always will. And just to see you know what he was able to achieve last year and stuff i just think is is fantastic for him first and foremost for clara's missus as well you know she's been massively supportive in that journey with him too yeah um, my first exposure to him was on a fuad abiyad's podcast he actually had Rob on and it was it was really yeah. good like you know it's like I, I i don't like i mean to be all my training partners in large majority have been natural and to be honest with you um they've been the more consistent training partners because you know yeah. they, they've been able they've just they're naturally strong guys and it's great so like um they might not be as like like i mean there's certain things like you know they're not competitors but i've trained with a few like Natural guys are really strong. Like I've always found like that the progression that I have I've made training with some of the natural guys, like I trained with natural powerlifters for a bit. So I kind of picked off their strength methodologies, especially with like the bench press. And you know, have you found like you know, like training with natural and enhanced guys? I mean, for me, I would say the biggest difference is probably I don't know if there is one, to be honest. I mean, like, I've trained with some, like, genetic freaks, and then I've trained with some guys who just have that work ethic. But overall, I think the volume of training does go up when you're on something. I think that would be the main difference. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yourself, have you found, like, you'd go towards more 
the intensity route or like would you do lots of volume and then just space out your training a bit more like how would you kind of do it yourself i think from a like programming standpoint um i think it's very very similar between like assisted and natural i think like the trend most of the top guys they call it like the pro split you know like all the pros call it that you know which is just the the, the bro split but it is just training body parts. I know some people obviously train push pull legs, and I, I tried all, uh, pro- probably like yourself, tried a lot of different methods. And you know, you know, you want to produce information like from an anecdotal standpoint. You know, so I found push pull legs didn't really work for me. Um, the broke split generally works, and like I use like the smaller body parts as buffers. You know what I mean between sort of bigger bigger days like legs and back, for example. Um, I just the we just push, you know, each mesocycle six, eight weeks. If I'm really enjoying uh, a mesocycle and I'm at the five, six week mark, I'll push it on to eight. Um, if I'm sort of feeling like I'm, I'm clipping out at the end, you know, and maybe maxing out a lot of those lifts currently, then I'll rotate and, and cycle them out. The only thing I differential I think is as we get closer to the show, a lot of advice I have is just decreased amount of working volume. A little bit because you know it's very easy to smash your central nervous system obviously uh, the ability to recover is affected as well in the latter stages obviously particularly as a natural bodybuilder and i'm not of the mindset that i hear a lot of people say what built the muscle keeps the muscle what they're trying to say is if you're benching 150 kilo you need to always bench 150 kilo this is the and I, I, this is a dangerous thought you know, as you get leaner, obviously you have less intramuscular fat. So like in terms of stabilization, connective tissue, all these things can be a little bit more jeopardized at that point. So I, and I'm like going, there's more than one driving component for the hypertrophic response. You know, we've got like metabolic, you know, stress, mechanical tension, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So let's just decrease the risk and go into preservation. And that's as a natural bodybuilder, no, we can't grow into a show. That's the difference, I think. So your job is to maintain as much of your lean tissue as possible. So be careful with the exercise selection, the amount of stress in your central nervous system, and make sure you're factoring in plenty of recovery days in that process as well. Yeah, well, brilliant. Yeah, no, that, that's a very, very, very good point to, to say because, I mean, even with ourselves, like, I found, like, I wouldn't, I, I, I would swap out different exercises. Like I'd swap out like certain things like free weight squats just because, it wasn't because the legs had issues, it was because the waist and the stabilization and everything just goes. But like, I mean, there's no reason why you can't train with the same intensity. It's just the case of, you know, mixing and matching what worked. Like, I mean, swap out that flat bench press for maybe some, I don't know, like a decent hammer or something or, or, or like a decent, like, because it's only like, it's the minority of the portion of the training. Like you just want to hold on to that and not be able to, you don't want to hurt yourself. I mean, most injuries I've, I've had um, have been either outside the gym or during that rebound phase where it's just been like, okay, I'm really strong, but the joints are not quite as strong yet. Um, well, like with yourself, if you had any injuries or if you've been, you know, relatively injury-free. No, a really bad time in 2017. So this is actually, this runs on very well from what we just talked about there in terms of training volume. Um, I, I 
do train quite hard, you know, and uh, do push sessions. Again, I, I train with a lot of a lot of powerlifters have jumped in for sessions and stuff, and uh, obviously it's taken them outside their comfort zone in terms of the sort of volume. And I am like, well, we don't just be strong for three sets, you know, we're strong for eighteen or whatever you're doing in that session. Um, but yeah, 2017, I don't know what it was. I trained 24 days in a row without a day off. The, and the moral, the, the reason behind it was, the rationale behind it was, because um, I'm feeling good. I was like, right, okay. So, and then start getting like we, uh, we found the pains starting to pop, you know, like uh, around near a rib, near the facet, a facet joint and uh, serratus, I could feel it tightening up and there was different things. And then I ended up with SI dysfunction and had three discs out, which, Long story short, after the British finals, I was actually, I had to come home in a wheelchair. Yeah. True story. Yeah. Um, and then literally it was like eight months of just rehab. And that was 2017. Like I played, I was on stage and I said to the girl at the side of the stage, Amy, I went, if I, there's halfway through my routine, I go down onto one knee and hit a pose. If I don't get back up, it's not part of the routine. Come out and get me up. And uh, so I think she thought I was joking with that, but. So yeah, it was a lot of rehab had to be done after that show. And the the moral of the story is don't keep turning the screw just because you're feeling good. Do what needs to be done and no more. Particularly it's too risky as you're getting closer to that show. And to be honest, I'd managed to back somehow and on the Friday before we were flying out on Saturday, the Friday I looked great. I was conditioned of pictures. My glutes were in, pictures in the kitchen there. Uh, spray, coat of spray tan stuff on look the ticket ready to do the dance yeah getting out of the bath on the Friday was going to be my last bath as you know like you you know you don't shower the day before because you're getting your tan stuff on um, got out of the bath and my back went and I just like puffed up like a like a like a water buffalo it was I looked like crap I went from a potential winner in my eyes to I could have placed lower than fourth to be honest and somehow I got the, I got the place and standard was really good that year. Um, but then my preparation, obviously, for 2018, a lot of that, even when I made good improvements, was just rehab. So yeah. just do what needs to be done. Yeah. Well, that's a great, that's a great, great thing to go out on, James. And look, thanks for coming on. And like before you leave, I suppose, is there any anything you want to plug? Any, like, obviously your gym, like where can people contact you and the gym and just any general yeah. plugs before you finish up? Yeah, certainly. Um, so, uh, I'm endorsed by Fission Nutrition, F-I-S-S-I-O-N. Um, fantastic. You know, they, they flew me over and stuff to Liverpool, like for photo shoots. You know, they, you know, contribute to me competing and stuff as well. Um, massively supportive and I've been working with them since 2017 they ask very little from me as you, like I don't put up a lot of posts and stuff um, but fantastic brand and a lot of their uh, products were like informed sport as well so for natural athletes like safe supplements to take like zero risk um, obviously the compound room is my gym in Lisburn Northern Ireland and we're members only but if there's people from out of town you, you know, you can feel free to shoot us a message through Messenger on the page, um, even through Instagram. 
my Instagram is James W Melvo. So anybody that uh, wants to follow, please do, and I'll follow back. And obviously, the missus, I have to give her a shout out. She's just awesome. She is literally, whenever you're having those days, she's the engine. She just keeps pushing. She wouldn't let me have that easy set, put it that way. So she's an absolute wee beast. Um, and lastly, thanks to yourself for having me on. Really appreciate it. Cheers, man. Cheers. Well, look, I mean, obviously with this podcast, you know, my aim is just to get, you know, some personalities on that, like, I've interacted with or, like, everyone I, I've, I've had on, I've, actually, no, it's it's very funny. I mean, I've definitely had a few people I haven't really interacted with, like, um, but, but just true it's a very small circle we, we we interact with like you know even within like the whole island there's not i mean you're gonna know somebody who knows somebody um so i'm kind of shocked the people that because the majority of interviews i see now going on it's not bodybuilding it's 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 fitness you know i mean there's a lot of fitness but in terms of actual bodybuilding done by bodybuilders uh it's not about bodybuilding it's kind of like it's all these coaching podcasts I see going on that are popping up. And I'm like, I don't want to be an expert on all this stuff because that's not bodybuilding to me. I, I kind of, I want to put out something that people can watch because it's something that I would watch or listen, you know, and thanks for coming on, James. And I'll absolutely have to blast up um, at some point during the summer uh, for a session. Yeah, back. yeah I've gone yeah. to the gym. I've gone to the gym probably... Jesus, I mean, once a week for the last month, just just while wow. getting feet up for work and everything. But I'll be back training now. I'd say within with by the end of this week, I'll be back on schedule with food and everything. Yeah, so, yeah. Give me a month, and I should be able to set something up. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely, man. Thanks for coming on. And for, awesome. And for anyone listening, um, episodes will be out at least once every month. I will try and keep them going. For every you know couple of months, but we'll see how we go. And thanks for everyone for listening so far. And give James a follow on the socials. Hit him up if you want to learn how to pose, how to train, or you know get an insight into what bodybuilding is about because the guy lives it and breathes it, and you know no better man. And